0: We are back and I have to apologize for the delay in getting this episode shared. My goal is to have this podcast be a weekly show. And during the summer months, there may be a couple of points where the episodes are being released on a bi-weekly schedule. This week's episode is a sit-down conversation with Alexa and Ryan of CrossFit Hooked from Sandy Hook, Connecticut. We've had the pleasure of knowing both Alexa and Ryan for some time now. Alexa first started her CrossFit journey at Strongtown back in 2012, I believe. And I want to say the first time we met Ryan, he was competing for Hooked at Battle for the Bell back in 2014. We talked about their story and how they've gone from being intern coaches to now being married and owning the gym. They're great people, and we are lucky to have them as friends and colleagues. I have to thank them both for giving up their time to come chat with me and hope you all enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Strongtown Talks. I am your host, Dan Gallagher. This is a show where we talk with the people and friends of the Strongtown community. Okay, guys. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Strongtown Talks. I'm your host, Dan Gallagher. I am here today with two fellow gym owners. And I'm very excited to have this conversation. I'm here with Alexa and Ryan, and you guys own CrossFit Hooked and Sandy Hook. We do. A lot of times I try to get local business owners on here. You guys are, we've known you for as long as you've been open, basically.
1: Yeah, a long time.
0: I'm excited to get your stories. I know a little bit about Alexa's story, just because <laughs> she kind of started out at Strongtown. Yep. So, whenever I do these episodes, I like to start off with a little bit of background, have you guys introduce yourselves, talk about who you are, where you grew up, and Ryan, I was going to start with you, if that's okay.
1: okay. sure. Ryan Berger, grew up in Farmington, about 25, 30 minutes from here in Southbury. Went to Farmington High School, played the cross. after that, went up to school in Springfield for college for three years, and then finished at CCSU. After that... Was kind of just working at a sports store in Avon, trying to figure out what my goals in life were going to be. And I was coaching high school sports. And this is kind of how I felt asked backwards into CrossFit was I actually went up to Jen's gym in Canton and took a class.
0: At Legitimus. Yeah, Yeah, because I felt like you did have a connection back to there. At
1: Legitimus, yep. That's where I took my first CrossFit class. I absolutely hated it. I got (laughs) destroyed. I was like, this is way too hard. But then it was like, I wanted that competitive nature of playing college sports because I played the cross in college. Yeah. So I kind of slowly eased my way back into it, was doing some personal training, fast forward a couple of years, and then started doing CrossFit kind of on my own and at Legitimus, dropping in and then found Hooked on a Craigslist ad that Nathan, the original owner, listed as they were looking for an intern coach. And I was interested in kind of getting into that world, contacted him, and the rest is history. We're going to
0: talk a little bit more about this whole story of Hooked in a bit, because you guys, you're now the owner of Hooked. Yep. When Hooked first came about, it was a different trio that Mm -hmm. owned the gym, and then you have sort of taken it over since. So I'm very curious about that
1: process in terms of how that all went. yeah. Yeah.
0: And you've done a great job with the two, by the way. Oh, so thank you. Just, <laughs>
1: We're, we're still just alive. butter you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've we've made it through the the hard times. Yeah. to get back into the good times.
0: I like it. And Alexa, you are a native of Southbury.
1: Yes,
2: yes. So I'll never forget starting off at Strongtown uh, because my mom was coming here, Angela, and I Ange. was. Everyone knows Ange. her as Ange. True. No one calls her Angela here, Alexa. <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> She's a <imagined>. legend. <laughs> yeah. So um, at the time. I was probably a sophomore in college. I was commuting at the time and Ange would come home and she'd be like, oh, you got to listen to what the wad was. You got to hear about all the cool stuff we did today. And I'd be like sitting on the couch watching TV, eating out of like a family size bag of chips. And I was like, I don't want to hear what the wad was like. I don't care (laughs) about any of this. And so, yeah, I just came and I took a class one day and I loved it and the competitiveness of it and trying all these new things that I Had never tried before, so I was with you guys for a while.
0: You were? Yeah. And you were a dancer, too.
2: Yes, yes. So that was my big sport, I guess, if you can call that a sport. I was a dancer for a while and uh, teaching dance classes and things like that.
0: Can dance.
2: Yes, exactly. Can dance in Southbury. Mikey used to always yell at me because I would squat in, like, first position feet, and he was like, (laughs) what is that squat? (laughs) But, yeah, it benefited me in so many ways. I mean, I feel like I had the flexibility and the strength from dance. So jumping into it, I feel like I could pick up the movements pretty quickly. And then I started living at school again at Westcon and Danbury. So then I was going to CrossFit 203 for a while. I was at CrossFit Danbury for a while. And through the people I met at CrossFit 203 is how I got to know the previous owners of Hooked Mm -hmm. and they had told me they were opening a gym and they originally wanted a, like a babysitter, like someone to watch the kids for the moms who were working out or whatever. And they were like, you know, actually we do need another coach. Would you be interested in interning? And I had never like imagined that
0: This is when it was Fred, Frank, and Nathan. Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
2: So my favorite story to tell people is that I started at Hooked before Ryan did.
0: (laughs) Very true. Very (laughs) true. I was there
2: before any of the paint on the walls or anything. And um, actually, (laughs) funny story, Ryan says he met me at the gym. I don't really remember that day. Um, But (laughs) they sent him to get his L1 before me. Okay. And I was pissed. I was like, come (laughs) on. I've been here since the beginning. I've been interning longer than he has. Like, what is this? Who is this guy? And I was like, you know, it's actually pretty cute. You know, maybe I should (laughs) ask for his notes or something. (laughs) So I remember texting Nathan and I was like, can I get Ryan's number? And he was like, why? I was like, oh, I need the L1 notes. He passed his test. I need to get started. And then, yeah. Kind of all started from there.
1: It did. It so did. it's pretty
2: crazy. She it likes to, to think hold back. that over my
1: head that she was the. She's more OG at Hooked than uh, I am. Okay, even though <laughs> we're the owners now. Yeah.
0: Ryan, there's some battles you're just gonna lose. Yeah, I've, <laughs> yeah.
1: I've conceded it. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's true. It's, true.
0: <laughs> it's fact. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really cool. So Hooked is a gym. I'm kind of fascinated about the origin story of that gym too, because when they first came about, you mentioned Alexa, you were at 203. It was. I believe all three members were mm-hmm. out of 203, if I remember. So it was yeah. Fred Montello, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Milano, yep. and Nathan Blue. Yep. If Nicely I remember done. Right? Yeah. Okay. You got it. And I think I still follow them all on social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, Fred's someone we bump into very randomly yes. at different places. I here feel in, like I see here in town, Fred yeah. at Hawk Ridge, yeah. or just, I think he goes to Edgewood too. So yeah, we just yep. we bump into Fred.
1: Love it. The other two aren't in Connecticut anymore.
0: They've both moved. I yeah. believe Frank is down in Florida. He's in
1: Florida, and Florida yep, for, for and work. Last I checked, yeah. Nathan
0: is on this planet somewhere.
1: Somewhere. Somewhere. I think he might be on the eastern seaboard. Okay. Yeah. That's, to my knowledge, the last place I know that he was settling.
0: It was an interesting transition between the three of them. So they opened the gym up together because they all had roots in that area.
1: They all had roots from 203. Decided that they wanted to have a gym as like a side business between the three of them. Mm -hmm. Picked Sandy Hooked as like a central location because Fred was in Southbury. Still is. Nathan was in New Fairfield-ish area, and Frank and Lauren, who Lauren was involved as well as a coach, they were in Sandy Hook. So I think they picked that area as like, A, there was no gym there already in Sandy Hook, and B, it was kind of like a centralized location for all of them to kind of get to fairly easily in the mornings or at night or something like that. So that's how CrossFit Hook started.
0: And that was 2014?
1: 2013 okay early 2013 yeah
0: so they opened in 2013 you're the current owner now you didn't take it over from all three of them i feel like it was a process of elimination almost right right. yeah so So each each partner gradually sort of left and then yes i believe it was down to fred and then you sort of taking it over since then
1: Uh, Yeah, a little bit less than that. So I had started working there as an intern, like Lex said, and then kind of slowly moved my role into like part-time coach, full-time coach, basically gym general manager as Nathan left. So there was like a year that I was there with Nathan. Nathan was like the head coach and gym manager. Frank and Fred were more the outside looking in guys of the back-end stuff, the books and the things you don't necessarily think about when when you're running a gym. And then... Nathan was actually the first one to say, hey, I'm getting out. I'm going to start traveling with my family, stuff like that. Sold off his stuff and did his thing around the world. So Nathan left the group first. And then Frank and Fred were kind of doing it where I was basically running the gym. Frank was there doing all the back end stuff, the books and the financials. And Fred was more of like the general manager. And I was like the assistant manager slash head coach of the gym. And we had one other coach underneath us other than Alexa Marshall, actually, from Override. And then I
0: forget that he was actually, yeah, his origin stories go back to hooked,
1: go back to hooked. Yeah. He was basically like my right hand man for probably about a year, maybe a little bit more than that. This is when we started all to realize that it was going to be something where I was going to take over eventually because Frank was getting pulled out of the state for his job. Okay. Um, It was like financial something. I think it, it wasn't PWC. It was one of the other big firms in like the financial world. And then Fred was there, but also very involved with his full-time job. So I think they were both like, hey, we can't do this. We don't want to close it. Do you want to take over? Do you want to buy the gym from us? And that's when I took over from them and Frank moved to Florida. Okay. That was probably, what, 2015?
2: I'm not very good with that I think that was like
1: the <laughs> July of 2015. Sounds so right. basically from 2013 to 14 was like that build-up process. 14 to 15 was essentially... Nathan a
2: transition. phasing
1: out me moving into a more full-time role. And then 2015 to 16 was me taking over and buying the gym in yeah. July. My father is my chief financial officer slash like he does a lot of the financial work and I'm there with the staff and everything every day.
0: Had you gone full-time at the gym prior to owning it? Yeah. Okay. So
1: I was working for Frank and Fred full-time as like their gym manager, head coach. I was doing all the programming, I hired Marshall as like my assistant coach. We had Lex doing some classes and that was basically the staff. Frank, I think Frank wasn't coaching any classes. Fred may have been doing a couple in the early mornings before he had to go to his full-time job. And Frank was doing kind of chief financial officer type stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did for probably about a year. And then it, they were starting to get pulled in different directions. So I kind of stepped in. They offered it to me. It was I wasn't ready for it, but it was like a too good of an opportunity to pass up at the time, so I was like, Yeah, we gotta make this work. So and we did.
0: It's been hooked ever since. So yeah. yeah. Exactly. One of the things I, I've been impressed by is that you when you took over hooked, a big part of the branding
1: has become the mustache, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if we were gonna get on oh, this. are gonna have to get on this. <laughs> so, so I actually so, so this, let's talk about the mustache. Sure, Where okay. did this thing come from? So the, the story it's behind impressive. the
0: mustache, this is a this you is you make a, me want a mustache <laughs> by the way
1: <laughs> you could grow a good one. Dan. <laughs> yeah. I think you try I it don't out. Know. See if Kathleen likes it. <laughs> So the story behind the mustache is before even Hooked existed, before I was even in CrossFit. You've had a mustache for as long as yeah. I've known you. Yeah, I've had a, a mustache yes. since I started working at Hooked. And before that. So basically, probably the year before that, I dressed up as Freddie Mercury for Halloween. And this is before <laughs> okay. this is before the movie came out. This is before like, you know, the resurgence of Queen being like relevant and stuff like that i always had liked Freddie Mercury. I used to watch the Live Aid show on YouTube and stuff like that. I just always had liked Queen's music. And so I had like shorter black hair. I needed something quick that was like easy for me to dress up for because I didn't want to spend a lot of money. I already had like the acid wash jeans and a white tank top. So I dressed up as Freddie Mercury from the Live Aid show for Halloween. It must have been that Halloween of 2013 before they opened because they opened in like July of 2013. So it would have been August or it would have been October before that. And two of my good friends at the time that I was living with were like, they were like, you actually look pretty good with a mustache. You should keep it. And I was like, come on. I know you guys are yanking my chain. Like, that's not true. Like, everybody looks crazy with the mustache. They're like, no, you actually look pretty good. And I was like, all right, then I'm going to keep it.
0: It's like when I tell Mike he looks good with a paper bag over his head. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if he could walk around with it every day, he would. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the origin story of the mustache. And it's gone through different phases of shorter, longer. I did shave it off one time. She won't remember this story, but so I, I like to go full in on Halloween. This was um, the first Halloween that we had at the gym when I had started working there. So basically a year after, I shaved my mustache to dress up as Richard Simmons. So I was going to be Richard Simmons, the CrossFit coach. And I wore like a curly wig, shaved my mustache, wore like a bright red jumpsuit. Something you would think Richard Simmons would wear. And she came to the gym and said, wow, you look really bad with a mustache. And this was before we were really without a mustache. Yeah. (laughs) And this is before we were really seriously dating. We had gone on a couple dates and I was still trying to get her to like me. She kept saying no. So I was like, Oh great. So I got to grow my mustache back. So I I grew it back. And ever since then I haven't had it off my face and it's been, (laughs) it's been what? Six years, seven years now. Yeah. So it's there. So it became part of the branding of the gym because it really uh,
0: has, because you have the hammer and the mustache. Yeah. So
1: one of our members came up with this, it may actually may have been Alexa and somebody else together. They came up with this hashtag built by burger. Burger's my last name. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like the Bergeron thing that he has at Crossing New England. And then one of our members came up with, like, the hammer and mustache logo on his computer. He was a graphic designer, like, on the side. And he was, I guess he was bored one day. He was like, yo, check this logo out. What do you think? He's like, it goes well with the Build by Burger hashtag. And I was like, I love it. Yeah. And I fell in love with that logo. So, it's on our wall. We use a little bit with the branding, the mustache, and stuff like that. So, it's kind of like a part of the culture of the gym that we mm-hmm. have now whether the people like it or not it's like it's on my face it's on the t-shirts it's on our wall so. on your koozie yeah it's on the koozie so it's kind of like become the the culture and the and you know you see that logo on someone's car and you're like oh that's crossfit hooked or that's that's ryan's gym
0: oh i totally agree and, and you know this is one of those things Pricey as well. The CrossFit community is what I think like fifteen thousand gyms right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's big. There's a lot of variations of kettlebells, barbells, and dumbbells on the logos. So I love the mustache because I think it's something that's like truly unique Mm -hmm. and it's something that's very recognizable too. That it's yeah, I don't see other gyms with mustache logos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so it's something that's I think it's really part of your identity.
1: It's very recognizable to a lot of people. Will say like, oh, that's you. Like I see your logo around town all the time. Like on sweatshirts, on people's cars. I see your logo at the grocery store all the time. Like I didn't realize that was your gym. And I was like, yeah, that's us. We're right in Sandy Hook. It's just kind of grown into this own kind of entity based off of our branding and stuff like that.
0: Do you ever feel pressure that now you can't shave the mustache because it's so much (laughs) part of the brand?
1: Um, no, I've trimmed it down really short. Like some people are like, oh, it doesn't look like the mustache in the logo. Cause I don't have like the curls on the <laughs> side, you know? So you're not waxing um, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like trimming it and waxing it every day. It goes, I go through like different phases of keeping it short or keeping it long, but I don't feel pressure not to shave it just cause, uh, it's just there now. It, yeah. It's like a tattoo, you know, it's just once you get it, it's there and it's like, yeah, you can shave this off, but it, it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Just cause I'm so used to having it now. Yeah. I'd probably look at myself and be like, wow, I look weird without yeah. it i'm
0: sure yeah I look like yeah, an alien I, I wouldn't
1: recognize you <laughs> yeah that's a who's that random guy walking to my gym right now
0: alexa yes how are you doing
2: i'm great i'm a little nervous you're doing great thanks dan
0: <laughs> look at the nervous clutch of <laughs> i
2: know i'm like <laughs> just
0: tapping away <laughs> yeah <laughs> so alexa you started at hooked when it was all three owners as well yes and then you've been there through the transition of Ryan, and you guys have since started dating and doing everything like that. Yeah. To the point where now you're married. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that I was always very impressed with you is that you were someone who went through a transition of you were a member for a long time. Cross has been a big part of your family. Your mother, Anne, mm-hmm. comes here. And then your uncle, Tony. Yep. Is.
2: Shout out muscle up bars. Shout
0: out muscle up bars. We've <laughs> known Tony for a very long time. He started off here and he's at Red Zone now. Yep. So CrossFit has always had a big influence on your family. And I remember when you first got into it that I i feel bad saying this, Lex. I'm like, I don't know if it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if she's going to enjoy this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I definitely wasn't too gung-ho from the start, I don't think. I, I mean, I had no cardio. I was not a runner. I, like, didn't know what I was doing. Still in college. I also think a lot of people compared me to Ange. So they'd be like, Well, that's always
0: tough in terms of when your mother has been doing this for as long. And for anyone at Strongtown, everyone knows Angie's one of the strongest women in the gym. (laughs) And she just has a motor that is absolutely phenomenal. Yep. And then when you came in, it was I remember Alexa liked to dance and (laughs) you you did you did enjoy the barbell. Oh I feel like that. Always, but then when people would hear that you were Angie's daughter, people would be like, "Really? Yeah, oh, all the time. Like, you are you are sure?
2: Angie's daughter?" I was like, "I know, I know. Yeah, I don't Apple run far fall yeah. fall from tree <laughs> I hate burpees. Some I branches know. reach out far.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I see it with siblings too, where you don't want to follow in your brother's footsteps mm-hmm. for certain things, mm-hmm. or that people like to have their own identities. So, I wasn't sure when you started if you were hesitant about CrossFit. Or if it was something that you got into right away. Because I've always also looked at you guys like, Ryan, you're the Mikey of the gym. I feel bad saying this. <laughs> <laughs> I take that it's as a compliment. Thank you. So true. And uh, I think, Alexa, you're kind of like me oh, at yeah. the gym, the person who does more of, sort of the back end. Mm-hmm. And
2: Yeah. To answer the first part of the question, I feel like, I mean, I have gone through so many fitness phases in my life that just never worked for me, like, you know, the basic gym, treadmill, walking, whatever, I always got bored. So I guess I kind of thought CrossFit would be another one of those things. So like from the beginning, I was just like, eh, coming like when I could, whatever, like, I'm not going to do this for more than a year. It's just like the next thing. So I definitely didn't expect to love it as much as I did. But I feel with my mom being here with me, it was so amazing. Like she was just like my biggest cheerleader for it. I remember when I did my first opens, she always wanted to judge me. And I would watch her in awe and be like, oh my God, maybe if I keep doing this, like and I And just super be- positive. Yes. I, I feel like yes. she's just
0: one of the most happy people in the gym.
2: Yeah, it's so true. And she just supports everybody and... I would be doing Murph with her and she'd already finish her last mile and I wouldn't even start my mile yet. And she'd go out and run with me. So that made the transition, I think, a lot easier that she was just so supportive. And I looked up to her, like, she'd be like, what, top 20 athletes in her age group and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, if she can do it, like I can keep pushing. Yeah. Um, so that was always a really easy thing to watch her do.
0: And then your background is in education. You're still a teacher, obviously. Yes. And what grade do you teach?
2: I teach kindergarten now. You teach kindergarten, okay. I do, yeah. (laughs) They're absolutely adorable. It's (laughs) exhausting, but... I believe it. I love it. I love it, yeah.
0: What made you want to get involved in coaching? Was it just sort of the opportunity to develop your knowledge or...
2: Yeah, I think I was just kind of intrigued by it. Like, oh, this could be a new challenge for me. I mean, I love CrossFit. I'm a teacher. I'm a dance teacher. I think it was like just an easy thing for me. I like talking to people. I like helping people. So I coached for a while, but then I kind of realized I enjoyed working more with kids. So I would do teen groups. I would take my dance students and do little sessions with them. I really liked working with girls in the middle school, high school age Because I just thought back to myself at that time, like I lacked so much confidence and I feel like CrossFit is so important in building young people's confidence in themselves. So I really backed off of some of the group classes because we do currently have a gym full of male coaches, which is great. But I like to be there for girls, moms, anybody who just would feel more comfortable with a female coach. So in addition to all the back end stuff, I do a lot of social media, email work, things like that but then I'm always there as kind of like a personal trainer for people who would just prefer to be with a female coach. Yeah.
0: You just have that presence. Yeah. I'm curious about the whole process of Ryan, you took over the gym. There were certain systems in place. You've probably changed things over the years to make them work for you. And there's a lot of things that I, I think gyms also, when you take them over, they're not very turnkey in terms of there's a lot that you need to do all of a sudden communicating came with the members and doing the programming yeah was that something that you felt like you had a good handle on or was it something that there's a real learning curve in terms of stepping into the ownership position
1: so yeah i'll go a couple different ways with this um nathan was a great mentor when it came to like becoming a head coach he was a great like teaching the ins and outs of being that main lead role not just like an assistant coach or something like that he taught me a lot about programming You know, the do's and the don'ts of that and how to kind of develop that programming knowledge and, and, you know, a workout for the week or for the month and looking Mm -hmm. at things like that. Frank and Fred did a great job kind of transitioning the owning of the business, you know, the opening and closing procedures. We didn't really change much. Like when I took the key and opened the door for the first time, it was like, hey, we're still running the classes this time, this time, and this time. Like these are our cleaning procedures. That stuff really hasn't changed. What's changed and what was hard for me because it's not my strong suit is the business side of things when it comes to like the financials, the buying, the membership, enrollment, marketing. I still stink at marketing compared to a lot of other gyms in the area and people that are really good at that, which is why that that goes to Alexa a lot of times because she is good at that. And that, as you know, that's a constant learning process. Like oh, things yeah. always change, you know, th- new things come up, different ideas come up, you know, and you always want to be kind of relevant in that world. If you're not, if you're not moving forward, if you're staying stagnant, you're basically going backwards, you know, especially for a gym, you always want to kind of be in the forefront of someone's mind, you know, marketing wise or, or importance wise to them. So taking over the business wasn't really difficult. Keeping it successful and, and moving in a positive direction, I think has probably been the hardest thing. And I think we've excelled at it over the years, just continuing to learn and grow and learn and grow and learn and grow. It's, it's a constant learning process. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a part of the process. And just, I I think it should be the natural evolution of any business Yeah, really is that there is always striving for improving what we're doing and offering and delivering to people.
1: A big thing too, was I remember when I first took over um, I tried to do way too much by myself and I'm sure you can probably attest to that as well, or you and Mikey together where now it's like, I want more people to do the things that I don't excel at, you know, whether it's Alexa or my staff or other people that I hire to help with marketing or, or whatever it may be back then it was like, Oh, I needed to be able to do all these things because I need to be in control. And all of those things that I wasn't good at were, were suffering because of that. Yeah. And now I think it's, I'm finding more of a balance with that and a more of a balance with making sure I'm doing the things that I'm good at and telling other people to do the things that I'm not good at because they would be good at them to kind of continuing to be successful.
0: Right. I like it. Yeah. Alexa, with the social media, do you have any tools that you use to help keep yourself organized or tracking what you're doing with it? Cause it's one of those, it's never ending.
2: Yeah. Um, I like to think that I'm an organized person, but I really don't I don't think I am, <laughs> um, but I think really our biggest tool is Canva.
1: Just- Canva's great, and Google too. We use the Google Sheets and Google. Uh,
2: yeah, but for social and- for social media, I would say more like what something that me and Ryan really talked about together was like a cohesive social media page, mm-hmm. um, and we'll like look at other gyms' pages, and you know we don't want scattered colors everywhere, and we don't want different logos everywhere. So over like the past, I'd say. Six months to a year, we've tried to have a more cohesive social media page.
0: Try to streamline it
2: exactly, telling the same story
1: across every single you know platform as well. Like right, if if it looks you know cluttered from Facebook to Instagram to whatever else you're using, it you can tell a confusing story when you don't want to be confusing at all. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think some of my teacher qualities come out in that. So, like, I started, like, <laughs> shouting out people for their birthdays or, like, I really loved the way you guys at Strongtown um, would have, like, a, what do you guys call it? Strongtown's Finest. Yes. So, we did Hooked Hustlers. Nice. Kind of copped that idea from you guys. But, like, mm-hmm. I would do. you would guys do, do weekly or
0: monthly or how We often? do monthly. monthly. Okay. I w- sometimes
2: yeah. I'm like, how does Dan do that every week? I'm like, I'm impressed. Yeah. No. So, we just do monthly for now. Even like with the birthday stuff, if it was a February birthday, I would get like this pink heart background for the birthdays and then March it would be like green or whatever. And we were like, no, I don't like the way this looks. Like, so yeah, we came just, up with like cohesive color scheme, everything so that it just matches. And because I'm the type of person that I'll go even like a restaurant something and I'll look at their social media and if they're never posting, I'm like, ah, oh, this restaurant can't be any good. Or if I see a great page where like every Wednesday they post about their new drink specials and every Friday they post about what they're doing outside on the patio, I'm like, oh, this place is all about it. Like They're ready to go. This looks like a great place. I'm ready to be there. So same thing with the Instagram stories. I want to make sure we're staying relevant on there.
0: and I think sometimes it's just communicating that you're alive. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there, there are some yeah. gyms that I look at where you know I do the same thing where I just follow other businesses and other gyms and see what they do on social media. And there are some places where I look at where I'm like, they haven't updated anything anything in the yeah. past four to six months i'm like i think they're open
2: yeah. i know but who knows? <laughs> and especially like
0: right now it's like i think you want to have that presence of just being sort of front of mind and yep
2: absolutely you don't ever want any potential member to question if you're open <laughs> of course yeah
0: it's tough because you know you like to think about you know what's the return on investment on certain things and this one thing those things it takes a lot of time and it's hard sometimes to track the direct, these direct hours that are going that, into yeah. this. It's not a personal training session where some, you're spending the time with the client or anything like that. It's just something that you do and you kind of have to hope that it creates awareness for the brand and yeah. the business. And
2: So true. It really yeah. is like, I mean, it's some people's full-time jobs. So it's definitely hard when that's just like it's your second, time, yeah. yeah, your yeah. second thought. It's you so have to be organized though,
1: too. Like, you know, like you guys have said, you want to produce that content so you can see those people or those people can see you. Like mm-hmm. you don't you might like you said you might not see a direct response to that, but if someone wanders into your gym and says, "Oh, I saw your Instagram post on March 1st. I, I knew one of the person on their birthday post or I knew one of the person right. on the, you know, like that works, you know, and that's totally worth it." Like yeah. it's just being out there and being relevant. Like think of all the things you see daily or hear daily on the radio of these businesses that you've never been to but if it pops into your head it's like oh pleasant Paws in newtown i've heard their radio ads 17 times i'm oh, gonna go there to get something from my dog eventually you know I, I mean our man Stu that we follow says just produce the content any i know i, I mean i don't want to say it to the point where any content is good content <laughs> because like you could put some things up there that might not be coherent with your brand oh i agree but like you know, you're going to have people listen to this and you're going to have people from Hooked listen to this now or people that know Alexa from high school that might be listening to this now. And they're going to be, oh, you know what? I moved back to, to says Houthberry. Like maybe I'll go check the gym out or something like that. You never, you never know.
2: I hope no one from high school maybe listens you. to this.
0: <laughs> We're on the new town Sandy Hook area. Maybe I want to go to Hook now. Yeah. Like, exa- yeah. yeah. You never know. You never know. So I want to talk about the story of you two really quick, if that's okay. <laughs> mm. Of
2: course. This is the
0: because best story. your story is very tied into the story of Hooked, in my opinion. It is. So you two own the gym now together. You are married. You got married. I, I know the day. It was New Year's Eve, I think. Yep. Yeah. It was New Year's Eve. So it was New Year's Eve. Was it? Of
1: 2019. So it was right before the world stopped working. Yeah. Correct. We yeah. caused it. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That um, was so it. I'll
1: give you my version of the backstory and she can chime in wherever she, she feels fit or, or pleases. So yes, it's true. You know, as we spoke before, Lex was working at hooked before I was, we were both interning. I was at night two days a week and she was in the morning, however many days away she was. We never really crossed paths other than like emails or text messages, like from Nathan or Fred or Frank, like, Hey, here's what we're doing today. Here's the coaching procedures for the week or whatever. Here's the programming. And then One weekend Saturday during the open, we were doing a Saturday throwdown for the open. So, we want though, the Nathan wanted both of us to be there to help like judge and like run a basic open. You know how it is. Mm -hmm. So, I met her. She doesn't remember. I remember talking to her, trying to like play real cool and like be like, Yeah, I work at night, whatever. And then, and then, uh, she like didn't give me the time of day. This was again before we had our L1. So, shortly after that, I went to get my L1. She texted me randomly in the middle of the night, I was in bed. It's like, hey, it's Alexa from the gym. Can I have your L1 notes? Like, congrats on passing. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, we haven't really even hung out. Like, why does she <laughs> want my notes? So I I don't even take notes. Yeah. <laughs> notes? <laughs> yeah. Who needs notes? They were really just
2: doodles. Yeah. <laughs> Basically.
1: I had printed out, like, a bunch of, uh, or wrote, written up a bunch of, uh, Flashcards, though. Okay. Yeah, like I was like, yeah, take these. I passed. This will work. <laughs> so uh, long story short, she went to get her L1. I asked her out on a couple dates. She said no, I think like seven to ten times. Had better things going on than hanging out with a guy with a mustache. <laughs> and then we started coaching a little bit more where our paths would cross. She would coach the morning. I would coach the afternoon. I would see her a little bit more frequently. And then the, the thing that really reeled her in was I got a, a, a really cute dog named Missy. Okay. And she will attest, before she met me, she wasn't really a dog person. Her friends will say this, too. That's true. She wasn't really a dog person.
0: Wait, you got her a dog? No, no, I got myself a dog. Oh, okay, you yeah, got yourself a dog. I got myself a dog. A dog okay, sorry. Because I
1: just want, yeah, I was uh, living on my own, wanted to have a dog, and uh, got her, and brought her to the gym one day, and, and Alexa, like, sat on the floor with her for, like, an hour, and just, like, I think fell in love with my dog before me. That so is she was, not true. So she was kind of <laughs> stuck with me afterwards.
2: Not true, Dan. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're going to
0: do a fact check with
1: Alexa on this one really quick. (laughs) 0% accurate.
2: (laughs) No, it is. I do remember that day, though. I remember being at the gym, and I was like, oh, that's a cute dog. And Missy started, like, crawling all over me, and I was like, oh, my God, I actually like a dog. But no, that is not the reason.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I was wrong.
2: (laughs) No, but yeah, it's true. I feel like I played very hard to get for a while. But yeah, once our paths started crossing a little bit more, I was like, man, I just really like hanging out with this guy. Like. What am I wasting my time for? Good thing.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I think, and I also think it was, was it Memorial Day that we, I think, officially started dating? It was after oh, Murph. Oh, you know what
1: I forgot was we also, in that storyline somewhere, very early on in the story, we went to regionals the last year it was at right. Reebok headquarters in Canada. Right, yeah, okay. And we hung out for the weekend, and I think we spent a lot of time Those together Those were awesome ben. regionals, yeah, by the way. outdoors. They were. Yeah,
2: yeah that was our first date. Yeah, like that, that was probably like our
1: first official date. Like we went out to dinner together. She was actually staying with Nathan and I was staying with my aunt and uncle who lived right outside of Boston uh, near Canton. To
2: Nathan s- and his wife and child, just to
1: yeah, yeah, clarify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> um, and we, we like hung out after the day of regionals and went out to dinner and that was probably like our first unofficial date. And I think that's kind of where the, the snowball started to roll downhill. Okay. From there, downhill? Yeah. yeah. The snowball develops I know, but that momentum. Yeah, like it up, I agree with that. What you, it's not going to roll uphill. Babe. I know, but
2: downhill <laughs> makes it sound better
0: She teaches the youth of America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> downhill is a lot. It, long, it, it rolls
1: yeah. downhill. It picks up speed. That makes uh, sense. And yeah. it picks
0: up snow along the way. Yeah, I it's it's get that,
2: but usually stronger. when you say our relationship went downhill, it's not a good
1: thing. <laughs> 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 thing. It snowballed, yeah. all right? <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> Move
0: <Words>. on. Moving on. So how long did you guys <laughs> end up dating for? Uh, this know. was what year was this 20, that was probably 2015.
2: 2015. Yeah. But we had known each other for like two years before that but one yeah, or two years. Cause
1: before we that. met in, in 2013 and we right. had, we had talked to each other in 2013. She was still in college. I was all over the place with, when I first started coaching CrossFit back then, I was working at three different gyms. I was working at two of Merle and Glenn's gyms up in the Valley area in uh, Hartford and South Windsor.
0: Were you at Relentless?
1: I was at Relentless. Okay. I was at CrossFit South Windsor, which was... Uh, what was the name of the gym up there? I think it was right CrossFit there. South Windsor. And then I worked at one of their other gyms for a little while before they closed that one. And then I started working at Hooked full-time. And that's where I got more involved with being around her more. So, yeah, probably 2015 to 2018 when we got engaged was our dating period. Yeah. And we were And we also...
2: It. The reason we chose... Um New Year's Eve as our wedding date was because even before we started dating, we would spend New Year's Eve together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
1: I think two New Year's Eves we spent together before or one before we were dating and one obviously as we were dating.
2: Yeah. So that was like a really special date for us. And so as soon as we got that at our venue, we were like, let's book it and then
0: So why were you guys casually hanging out on New Year's <laughs> Eve?
2: I think we were probably both just not doing anything.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was just that we neither of us had anything to do. You know how New Year's yeah, everybody hypes it up and right. it's like oh, we got to do this crazy thing blah. I think we were just like talking at the gym or something and she was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I got nothing to do." And she was like, "Yeah, me too." I was like, "I'll be around if you want to hang out, no pressure or whatever." And I think we just ended up doing it. Guys, like a dinner like, "Hey, like we're both not doing anything. Let's do something together." Yeah.
2: Yeah. So then every year after that.
1: Yeah, it kind of became like a Eve tradition. Date. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's an easy date for me to remember for our wedding anniversary <laughs> Dan, which as you know is very important. <laughs> so yes.
0: one thing I was curious about and I'd like to sort of touch on really quick before we get into like the closeout stuff, is uh, Alexa. So Ryan, you originally took over hooked. Mm-hmm. You guys were dating at the time that you took it over.
1: Yeah, we were not engaged yet. So that was uh, late twenty fifteen, I think. So yeah, we were dating seriously. We were together. We weren't living together yet. Yeah. I was living in Farmington, traveling down. She was living with her parents in Southbury. And then we kind of move forward from there.
0: And Alexa, how have you been able to transition into the roles that you now have at the gym? Has it just been that you've been around Ryan? And you're like, hey, let me help. And let me take this off you and try to do this stuff with social media because you suck at technology.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would 100%. say, yeah, <laughs> I nicely encourage to, hey, let me yeah. do some of this stuff for you. He also may tell you to cut this part out, but Ryan's spelling and grammar are not the best.
1: Oh, I, you know, Mikey.
2: <laughs> yeah, that
1: is. I, That's you don't have to I, cut that out because yeah. that is one hundred percent true. I actually, you'll be able to tell because you'll either see edited on like the <laughs> the Facebook page or not. And I usually will write something up like, "Oh, this is great." I'll send it to her. She'll chew it apart and then resend it back to me, and then we'll post it. But yeah, it was basically like that. Like I was talking about before. I was trying to do too much in my role and not, you know, she kind of stepped up and said, hey, I don't want you to delegate this to me, but I want to help you so that we can be more successful. And it's, you know, she's been a huge part of the continued success of us growing and developing that social media and that branding and that like kind of story that we try to tell without her, we would just still be picking our noses from three years ago like (laughs) like we were. So yeah, it's been super helpful.
2: Yeah, no, and I love it, too. I, I think it's really fun, and I like the engagement aspect of it. You know, making polls on Instagram story and reaching out to people and hearing what they have to say and, you know, whatever they like, trying to add that into posts, too. So I find that really fun. Even in, like, our private group over quarantine, I was doing, like, daily posts that related to the day. So, like, I don't know, Wondering Wednesday, and I would ask a question mm-hmm. or yeah things like that. Just to keep people engaged, and this, I, I like enjoy this it. this that post,
1: you always do, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And she's just really good at it. I think she, she's a little bit younger than I am. That yo- I don't want to say younger generation, but like that, <laughs> that uh, you know, social media generation. You know those kids like, nowadays, yeah. Those <laughs> these kids. Like I didn't have you know like a lot of social media when I was younger, and th- a lot of those people that have had it for a long time are just better at it. You know, they're better at the comes understand- a little more natural. Yeah, it comes yeah. more naturally. Better at understanding it. Better at like knowing what to what's interesting compared to, like, just, like, putting up a picture of somebody doing a snatch. I was like, that's not interesting. But, yeah, you know, she's a lot more organized with our social media and with our posting and with our kind of, like, I, like we've already talked about branding and story and stuff like that. And it just makes us look more professional. And yeah. there was a time when CrossFit was, like, the earthy, grungy, like, yeah, we're not professional. We want, you know, like... Bloody hands and sweaty people, but now it's like kind of growing out of that. And if you want to continue to be successful, you got to kind of pivot and move on with. Oh, totally. Like as we've we've already talked about, with what's relevant, and if that's what's relevant, then that's what we need to do to continue to stay successful. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we're moving towards now. Fully agree.
0: I like it. You've done some reconfiguration at Hooked, where I think we blew out
1: the front end. Yeah.
0: Was it originally a freestanding rig? in the gym for you guys. And then you sort of broke it apart and put it on the wall.
1: Yeah. So for probably the first year or so, maybe a little bit longer than that, we had a, we had a freestanding rig kind of off center of the main floor, but it was only four squat stations. So it was really small. And I think they kind of built it with the idea of, Hey, we can either expand it out or we can put it on the wall if we need to. And as we grew slowly, we we were like, hey, we got to make more floor space, A, for barbells. Because it was, again, it was kind of like in the middle Mm -hmm. off to the side of the floor so that you can't put a barbell anywhere near there. There was kind of dead space between the wall and the rig. And we needed more squat racks. So we bought more stuff, expanded it to the wall, and was able to get another squat rack, but mainly a lot more pull-up bars. Right. You know, because you have the pull-up bars that go into the wall. And you have the pull-up bars that are now connecting the uprights together Yeah, in
0: line with the squat stands exactly yeah Yeah. the racks
1: you know obviously with that too you get a little bit more floor space because we did it with the four foot stringers off the wall so it's Mm -hmm. tight if you're underneath it for like wall ball or something like that but it were it's worked for us if i had to do it again i would probably do the back wall six feet off okay So there was a little bit more room underneath it because there's a the way our gym is shaped there's a bathroom in the corner that already sticks out about it's six like or an seven L shape
0: sh- with a notch in the corner. Exactly. It has
1: a notch where like, if we had pulled the rig out, it w- we wouldn't lose any floor space. Mm-hmm. You know, it would just be kind of more in line with the wall compared to where it is now. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of adding a little bit more up in the front corner to have a little bit more rig spaces. Right now we took out our front, our front like athlete mm-hmm. hangout area because of COVID mainly. And we made it more floor space for the boxes and the squares and the social distancing and stuff like that. So
0: What are you guys running your classes at right now? We're at 10. Okay. We're
1: at 10 in in 10 by 12 squares. You know, we could probably make the squares smaller.
0: And that's what we're going between here now, too, is that we're at a class of 12. I think the squares are 10 by 14. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are big. So it's about the same size. Yep. But I want to provide an equal square to everyone, basically. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to start putting people on the concrete or in this weird corner area. So
1: Have you guys... uh, Tried to tease in any sharing of equipment yet or like sharing of ropes or anything like that?
0: Uh, we haven't done rope climbs in a long time, and yeah, Mikey was here. actually talking about trying to bring them back. Same here. And yeah. I think I might want to space them out a little bit more. Like mm-hmm. we moved one into the Annex for the whole age group qualifier mm-hmm. workouts because rope climbs were a bit, which I, you yep. just did this year, actually, Ryan. Yeah,
1: that was rough, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> so that rope that climbs a, were a big part of those that workouts.
1: Ki- that was a butt kicker and kicking for four days straight. With, with a
0: whole bunch of GHC sit-ups oh, and pistol just, squats. Just a
1: few, just a few. <laughs> and pistols, yeah, and right. heavy lifts. and Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, though.
0: So we moved one rope over to the Annex, but we haven't actually mixed them back into the programming. We were talking about starting to do that. We have yeah, had people... Here be more comfortable partnering up for things like a squat day or something like yeah. that. Because you know, we have 12 squares, but we have five stations on the main floor and then three stations next door. So Do all you guys together. have any
1: freestanding like, uprights or anything you pull out or no?
0: We had two yokes, mm-hmm. and I ended up selling them over the whole COVID sure. shutdown.
1: Yeah, we bought a bunch of freestanding rigs just to put in the squares. Uh, yeah. And then we have five. So we have 10 squat racks, five along the wall, and then five that we move around which is a pain in the ass i hate it i, I don't like the and idea that was the thing we setup. never use the yokes. it's yeah. like for the
0: classes that were bigger people would just start sharing or partnering yeah, sharing, and- yeah.
1: you know we went out and bought a couple of rowers a couple of bikes so that we had enough equipment of that variety mm-hmm. for 10 so we have 10 rowers 10 bikes 10 squat racks obviously 10 barbells 10 you know everything else you know i like having all that stuff but i you know at the same time i would like to be able to change it to 12 people, you know, have, have a little bit more.
0: And we have things like we have 12 rowers, Mm -hmm. but we don't have 12 bikes. Yeah. And the bikes are the bane of my existence as an affiliate owner, by the way. They they, they drive me absolutely up a wall. They take up so much space to store. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know about your bikes, but the ones we have, a few of them just count a little bit differently Mm -hmm. in terms of if someone revs them up too quick to begin with, the thing kind of like glitches or then some of them seem to work. Others are just sort of whatever. It's just, it's frustrating
1: yeah we have compared we to have, the
0: rowers which are basically like yeah they're turf. all
1: kind of uniform yeah. we have all assault bikes and one concept two bike and we've never really had like everybody talks about how like they fall apart and stuff like that we've never really had any problems with them we do have a couple of assault bikes that do count calories a little bit faster yeah and I've I'm marked mark them those off for me they're marked with, <laughs> they're marked with green tape I <laughs> do you know um So I think they just need a new monitor, the monitor, you know, like, you know, reading to be like adjusted or something like that. But yeah, it's just more like for us, as you know, you've been to our space a couple of times. It's more for storage. All
0: right. So guys, normally when I close out these episodes, I run through a series of rapid fire questions. I'm ready. I study for I I give all my guests. Oh boy. (laughs) The one sort of difference for you guys is you're kind of doubling down basically your business owners and you're also CrossFitters. So. Normally, if I'm interviewing a business owner, they get one version of the question, and if I'm interviewing a CrossFitter, they get another version of the question. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys both versions. The last guest who I did this for answered both. Okay. So I, I think you guys will be able to handle that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the first question that I always ask is if you had to go back in time and send yourself a message on your first day, and for people in the gym, when I interview them, I ask them if it was your first day trying out a class or your first time trying out CrossFit, what would that message be? And then for gym owners or someone who owns a business, I like to ask them, you know, what would that message be on your first day sort of opening up the doors or taking over the business? Cool. So Alexa, we're going to start with you. Okay. And we're going to do like a little bit of a ping pong back and forth. So we're going to go to Ryan. Then we're going to stay on Ryan. Then we're going to come back to you. Then we'll stay on you. And then we'll go back and forth through these questions. So. Cool.
2: So if I had to go back or really just like, if I had to tell somebody else who was starting their first day, I would say something that I say to my kindergartners a lot, I would say worry about yourself because I feel like a lot of people's worry is that when they get into a gym, like, oh, is this person going to be fitter than me? Is this person going to look better than me? Can this person do more than I can do? And I feel like if you really just focus on yourself and getting better within yourself, you'll have more confidence, you'll be more prepared for class, things Mm -hmm. like that. Especially since I started at like a younger age in college, I would have like those moments of insecurity, like, oh, is someone going to look at me if I mess this up or whatever? And no one's looking at you, but you and your coach. No one really cares. Exactly. No one really cares. So I think that would, I mean, it sounds silly, but I think that would be my message. Like focus on yourself, even though we do say that classes are competitive, like you are trying to beat scores, whatever. It's really like you're trying to beat your own scores. I don't really focus on anybody else in the class, so that would be my message. And then, what was the other question?
0: And so, the other version of that question is that if you could send yourself a message, and that was about your fitness journey or getting involved in the gym. The other version of the question is, what would that message be? Getting involved with Hooked, or in terms of looking at where you guys are now.
1: Hmm. That's tough. (laughs) (laughs) That's easy for me.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, maybe you should just answer that one. All right.
1: So we'll we'll do it backwards for me. Okay. So. The business owner, the message I would send back to myself, which I've already talked about, would be delegate faster. Yeah. Like, don't try to do it all yourself. Like, you're only hurting yourself and the others around you, you know, in terms of being successful. There's so much on a business owner's plate, whatever type of business you're in. And the more support you have and the more help you get, the better off that business is going to be in the long run. Whether it doesn't work right away, you know, because you delegate to the wrong person or you put somebody in a role that they don't like. But to me, for when I first took over, it was like I had to do everything, and and I don't have to do everything. I I have to have the right people in place to help me do everything.
0: You should know it needs to be done. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it needs to be done, but it may doesn't need to be done by me. Correct. You know. Yeah. And I think if I had learned that a little bit faster, I think maybe we could have gotten more successful faster. Not that we weren't successful when I took over, but we could have grown faster, or you know, you know, become better faster. And then for the athlete version of me, when I first started CrossFit, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be so easy! Like this is going to be whatever." I I played college sports, blah blah blah, and I was so I probably told myself it's harder than it looks or seems, but it also becomes way more fun than you expect it to be. But like I said, when I when we first started, like I took two or three classes at CrossFit Legitimus and I didn't like it because of how hard it was, and I was expecting it to be easy because. Most athletic things came fairly easy to me, like soccer, lacrosse, running. And this is a story. I The first workout I did for CrossFit was Nancy. Okay. 400-meter run. And 15, 15 overhead, overhead squats. squats, yeah. Five rounds. I started with the RX weight, 95 pounds. After one round, I walked into the gym and I grabbed 15-pound plates. And I remember the coach, I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Jen. It was one of the coaches she had there. I remember the coach being like, you're going to go heavier. And I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm mm-hmm. dying. I'm, yeah. t- I'm changing it to 75. And like, I barely finished. Like, I was probably like second to last, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was a runner. I was a quote unquote runner. I played lacrosse. I was used to running 400s all day. And I just remember the intensity being so much so that it like turned me off almost. But at the same time, I would go back and tell myself, like, hey, it, it gets more fun after the first couple of sucky workouts. Right. You know what I mean? So that's probably what I would tell my 30-year-old self when I first started CrossFit, 20, 29-year-old self when I, I know, first started I, CrossFit. Yeah. We were all so young then. I know, right? <laughs> so young and
0: naive. All right. I felt so old. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a good answer, Ryan. I like yeah. that.
2: I know. That was really good. I have mine now. Do you? Uh, okay, go. we can
0: go back to you. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to copy me. <laughs>
2: no. Mine is short and sweet, but I think as, you know, I don't do as much of the coaching anymore, but as a coach and business owner, part business owner, and I think Ryan would agree, is that you can't make everybody happy. And that is the biggest thing that I had to learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm still learning it. Because of course, you want every single member in your gym to be happy with everything that you do all the time. And no one is ever going to be. I mean, I think one of the quotes I saw one time is like, you don't even like everybody. Why do you expect everybody to like you? Um, And I think just trusting your gut like showing off your values and things that you support and not being afraid to put that out there as a business owner because it is your space it is your business and not everybody's gonna like it and that's okay
0: i fully agree that's it,
1: another one i would definitely agree with that is like we used to do a lot of surveys and you know google feedback and stuff like that of thumb on the pulse of like what the membership is thinking and saying and I used to get bent out of shape of one person out of 150 or 60 right, said, yeah. oh, like hundred the, co- the coaching reviews sucks. And one bad or one. Or like, you know, clean the bathrooms better or like put in a shower. I'm like, okay, that one person's upset. But then it was 99% of it was like, everything's great. I would only dwell on that.
0: Right. You know, you and it's like, like she
1: just said, people have their own opinions and their own views and everything. And it's, you're never going to make everybody happy. But if you can make 90% or more happy, oh yeah, especially in a business like this, you're doing a great job. You're I doing agree. a great job. Yeah. And I think that there's always going to be some attrition with that, you know, five or 10% people are going to leave for whatever reason, people are going to come in for whatever reason. If you can keep Mm -hmm. that 90% happy, you're going to, you're going to stay around for a while.
0: Yeah. There's always going to be, and you know, they call it the loud minority or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, but there's always going to be a couple of those outliers. But then, yeah, as long as you're aware of sort of the general.
1: The pulse of of what you have, I think you're doing a good job. Yeah, exactly. I agree.
0: No, I fully agree. Second question. So that one started with Alexa, went to Ryan, <laughs> then went back to Alexa a little bit. So start with me. We're gonna start with Ryan.
1: we're not
2: really rapid firing answering.
0: So the second question I ask people is that: What is your most memorable moment? And then for my general gym members, it's was your most memorable moment or workout at Strongtown or at as you know a Crossfitter. And then for anyone who owns a business, I ask them: What is your most memorable moment as a business owner? Okay. So your choice on the order, Ryan. So
1: for the – these are both – these are easy, Dan. So <laughs> for the most memorable moment as an athlete, it would be the time I was able to walk out onto the regional floor as a CrossFit hooked coach slash owner and representing uh, Yankee CrossFit up in Farmington, my, my hometown, and having my members watching me on TV, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and supporting me.
0: I, I remember that. That's while really I competed cool. yeah.
1: at that level, which was like – that was a – for those who don't know, I we qualified twice. I didn't get to go onto the floor the first time we qualified. I was the alternate. So I had a three-year goal. It was basically because we missed the next year. So I had a three-year goal of being on that floor as an athlete, and I, that was my life. But other than or running the gym, like that was my life was to be able to get myself on that floor. So doing that, that first workout was just not a workout for me, but I was out there, and I could hear people cheering me and reposting on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that and supporting me. So that's definitely the best, most memorable moment I've had as an athlete. Uh, I've done some other things as a master, but that was definitely number one. Yeah. As a gym owner.
0: Because that was also, wait, was that 2018? So that was 20? the
1: last year of regionals, too. Yeah. yeah, so we snuck in the last year. We qualified, I think, 13th or 14th. That's
0: one thing that always killed me about them changing the format. I'm glad, glad to see them it's bringing back, back. Yeah, regionals yeah, and some of this other stuff mm-hmm. now because I felt like regionals – had such a connection to the local affiliate community it Whereas, was you know i obviously i watched the games and stuff like that yeah. but it was exciting for me to be like oh ryan from yeah. hooked is at the regionals exactly. and i'm like yeah i'm going to cheer them exactly it was a different connection that i had it was to like my
1: you know super bowl or world series as like a local you know medium level like i'm not going to go to the games i understand that it's okay like i'm not a matt fraser or you know sarah sigmund's daughter or whoever but like if I can make it to regionals, like that's my ultimate goal. I train the entire year for that and then I get there and like my gym can support me or like people that I know from other gyms mm-hmm. in the area can support me and say, "Hey, I know that guy. Like he made it." That's pretty cool. And they kind of cut that out from people and they're they're bringing it back, which is awesome. I think so, yeah. I agree. So that was definitely the best athlete moment I've had. Gym owner moment was probably the second year we did Hook to Hops and we sold out so fast that we added four more teams per division for like 32 teams total, 16 Mm -hmm. in each division. So I just remember looking around at one point and seeing like another 200 people watching. We had a food truck and we ended up raising almost $7,000 for catch a lift. And that was just like very fulfilling for me as like, Hey, you know, we're doing a really good job running this competition with the support of two roads, obviously, as you take a sip of your beer there, shout out Caitlin. Mm -hmm. That was probably my most, one of my most rewarding things as a gym owner was like being able to give back to the community and say, "Hey, like we're running this competition to support Catch a Lift to support people that maybe can't afford the gym, right?" And kind of really feel good and about that. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome,
0: Ryan. Those are strong answers, Alexa. No pressure.
2: Oh man, I know he's doing a great <laughs> I'm job. I'm good on the fly. You know.
1: <laughs> Alexa, go, you sent us the email about like all the things you were gonna ask. She goes, Should we take notes? Should we write down stuff? We're like, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna wing it. I don't do notes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Alexa, what is your most memorable moment or workout as a CrossFitter? So, either at Strongtown or Hooked, or for as long as you've been doing CrossFit. And then the follow up to that is, what is your most memorable moment as being part of you know the CrossFit Hook team?
2: Cool. So, I think for me, we started doing something called the Barbell Uh, and I absolutely love it because as you said before, Dan, I am definitely a barbell girl. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, originally I thought Murph and then I was like, no, I don't really (laughs) (laughs) like running. So I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we do the barbell biqui. We try to every summer where it's basically, we run it like an Olympic lifting Mm -hmm. comp platform everybody in the middle or you in the middle everybody watching you silence like I just think it's so fun and I love trying to max out my lifts and have everybody cheer you on we have someone take pictures and then we all party and have a barbecue and drink after and that every year I think is the most memorable for me and it's kind of changed as the years have gone on we changed it to DT a couple times right instead Um, of just an Olympic lift do you call it
0: DTBQ (laughs) that's
1: not a bad idea no DT was the year we did the uh that was the barbell BQ one yeah. year. And then it was Grace when we did barbells for boobs. That was different though. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I just liked that vibe of, you know, yeah, you yeah. getting your own kind of like spotlight on your lifting because that's really like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I think about it, it's really just not even the workouts. It's really like the most community building aspects of the gym. All the times yeah. that we're getting together as a group, the holiday party, Murph, Barbell BBQ, Badger on July 4th, anything that brings our community together those are some of my favorite memories for sure and moments at the gym. I like that. And then I think, as an owner or you know, coach or whatever, my favorite uh, memory was when Ryan officially took over the gym, and we had a little party oh, yeah, for that him. Was awesome! Yeah. yeah, we had a little party that for him slideshow. at the gym. Yeah, it was awesome. So I kind of like secretly reached out to as many members as I could, and had them make little clips about you know. Why they're proud of Ryan or what they're excited for and him taking over the gym and I put them all together into the slideshow and all of us got together and watched it at the gym together, had some food, hung out. And people were just so creative and so funny. Yeah, like they awesome. did like it's little literally. skits. They dressed up like Ryan. It's like, I still, <laughs> it's awesome. I still have the link on YouTube yeah. now. I
0: think and I see a Ryan costume like every Halloween. Oh, yep, yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah. There was a couple that like hit me to a T, like coffee in hand, hat, <laughs> sh- like short, skin tight, <laughs> joggers. iris yeah. joggers, you yeah. know, like yelling at the top of the painted mustaches yeah. on. It was, it was really good. I, I, that was probably a very, very close second in terms of like a gym owner type thing. Oh, like, I believe it. Yeah. Cause that was... There's a clip I think she may have posted on her Instagram of me popping a bottle of champagne when we officially took over that night, and it was, it was awesome. It was I mean I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but (laughs) you never. At the same time, I was like, this is the best day at that time, the best day of my life because I had just taken over my dream job, and you know now it's obviously when I married my beautiful wife. I have to say that, right? Good save, Ryan. Good
2: <laughs> save. Yeah, no, it was just cool to see everybody rally around him. And I just feel like his personality is one in a million. There really is nobody like Ryan. So just to see that goal reached for him um, and all the support behind him was really cool.
0: Good answers from both of you. <laughs> Alexa, we're staying on you now. All right. Ooh, pressure's on. <clears throat> so Ryan can't help you on this one. <laughs> <laughs> the first version of this question is, what is something that when you first started out at CrossFit or at the gym that you saw that you never thought you'd be able to do that you are now able to do? And then the second version of that question is as it relates to a business owner. So is there anything that when you first started, you're like, I'll never be able to do that, that you feel like you are now able to do or that it's not as daunting of a task or whatever it might be?
2: Awesome. I like those questions. So I think for me... And I mentioned this before, like my fitness has constantly changed throughout the years. So there's definitely a lot of things that I never thought I could do, like pull ups, toast a bar.
0: Cause you started at such a young age, yeah, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, re- I actually remember, I think it was with you, Dan, here, I got my first pull up. And I remember like, hovering over the top of the bar and I was like, <laughs> Dan, is my chin over the bar? You're like, yeah. I was like, I did it. <laughs> and then just like seeing that progress to go from like one pull up to doing Murph RX, things like that mm-hmm. was really cool. But I think the biggest focus for me has always been weightlifting. So hitting new exciting PRs that I was really trying to get a program and work towards like a heavy back squat or a one max clean, Um, because you probably remember too, I used to always just split power clean.
0: I do remember that. (laughs) Yeah. That's the devil. The the barbell club days.
2: Yeah, exactly. So seeing- This is just how I do it. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing my progress in weightlifting- um, I used to never think I'd be able to get under a heavy bar. I was always terrified of it. So that is the most exciting for me, for sure. And then I think as a coach, a moment I always look back to is just my confidence. And I think that has grown so much, even though I don't coach much anymore, as I look back, if someone were to ask me a question or say to me, you know, like, why are you making me do that? Or I'd rather do this instead. In the beginning, I would just be like, okay, and I would kind of back off. And now I have the confidence to answer that question or recommend something to an athlete that Mm -hmm. you know may think they already know exactly what they're doing but i can really spot out and pick one little nitpicky thing that i want them to work on to help them get better so it's really cool to see my confidence growing and earning my l2 and things like that has really helped me become a better coach so i like to see my progression there as well
0: yeah i like it good answers alexa (laughs) Ryan
1: yeah that was good what
0: the heck? I know Ryan we're back to you so can you, can
1: you repeat the questions <laughs> so
0: the questions are <laughs> from a fitness perspective yeah what is something that when you first started out CrossFit you kind of looked at like I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that okay and then the business version of that is you know when you first sort of took over hooked and started getting involved in the business the reason I asked this is that you know I think imposter syndrome is a big thing for a lot of people mm-hmm. And, you know, just looking, I looked at certain things that when we first opened up the business that there, I would look at some gyms and be like, well, they do. I'm like, I don't know if we'll be able ever able to do that. And
1: you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So the simple answer for the fitness aspect of things is handstand walk. Okay. Because I was never a gymnast. I sank when people swam. (laughs) I would fall on my head when people would just like dance around on their fingertips, like, you know, ballerinas. And you know, going back to what I had just talked about previously, that came up twice for our regionals journey. Um, yeah. So that was like a big Handstand goal. Handstand were a big part of it. So that became a big goal of mine was attack that weakness. And I don't want to say make it a strength because it's not a strength still, but make it something I can get through. So that's kind of the simple answer. The other thing right now is con- to continue to be competitive as I age. So I'm in the, the masters, qualifiers type age groups now. And I still want to be competitive because that's deep in my soul and my nature and my kind of like culture of a person is I want to compete, you know, at the the best that I can while obviously doing all these other things. So Mm -hmm. I've qualified twice for the master's group qualifier in the world and done, you know, decent in that. I I don't think, again, I don't think I'll ever make it to the games, but to continue to kind of challenge for one of those top places is something that I'm proud of and and continue to try to strive for.
0: I will also say the masters divisions and CrossFit get more and more competitive Dude, each year.
1: These guys are monsters. Um like yeah. they, to k- kind of dive into this past year, one of the workouts for the masters qualifier was a 4 rep max front squat. Correct. I hit a th- 305, which was got to be a PR for four for me, and I was super fired up with it and these guys are doing like 400 yeah. 375 and and I'm just like I'm not even in the same world and that's just also motivating to continue to try to challenge yourself and train and work as hard as you can to still be your best for the business owner thing I think the easy answer would be run a 915 class okay. as Alexa would say she knows the nine fifteen class. It's kind of a joke. If anybody that listens to this from the nine fifteen class, they'll know it's a lot of <laughs> okay. chatty, you know, moms and dads that love to we just call take them chatty
0: Cathys. Chatty <laughs> I was
1: gonna, I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to offend anybody. But yeah, we have a lot of chatty Cathys that like to take over control of the class. So when I first started coaching, that was very intimidating because it's just like, hey guys, please, uh, hey <laughs> guys, I'm Coach Ryan. I'm new here. I have a weird mustache. Like, please be quiet. And as I took over the owner of the business, I didn't want the building to burn down. So for me, it was just like, or I didn't think that I could continue to keep it successful. When I took over Hooked, it was already an established gym, Mm -hmm. you know, doing what it needed to do to stay alive and relevant then. And we've just continued to kind of push on and move forward from that. So that was something that I was like really nervous slash didn't think I could do that I figured out how to do, Yeah, you know, and I'm proud of both of those things. I like it. Yeah, that was a tough one.
0: I, I will say, <laughs> Ryan, I do admire your fitness, by the way. I'm doing, like, I'm doing okay, I, I, yeah. I feel like I enjoy watching you do these workouts. Thanks, and man. that you qualify each year for the, the...
1: So this year was tough. This year was... So every year you age that more people come up because it's... Well,
0: and you go from being the bottom of the division to, to gradually the, working yeah. your way up to sort of being on the other end of the division mm-hmm. just by so the like, nature of it. So just a
1: quick quip on that. Like when I first started 35 to 39 three years ago, there was 17,000 guys in the division in the world. Right. Now there's twenty eight thousand, so it's grown every year, and uh I was like top hundred this year out of whoever made it to the whatever the second stage, which yeah, was like I'm top ten percent. I'm very 10%. confused on the structure this yeah, year. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm having a hard time yeah. separating the quarterfinals like, and
0: semifinals. It was and, like yeah.
1: open quarterfinals was top ten percent, semifinals was.
0: Is that basically the regionals, the regionals now? Which is happening?
1: Yeah, and then. For the masters, after the top ten percent, it the was age the group top qualifiers. Yeah, and then they take the top twenty from that. Okay. To go straight to the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of like leave it one way, you know. They keep, they keep. It they keep it's like don't change it if it ain't broke, you know, or whatever. What's the saying? Don't fix it if it ain't broke. That's don't what fix it is. It, yeah, yeah, there we go. And they they tried to change it around a couple of times. They just need to leave it one way. You know? Yeah. I think people will be able to understand a little bit. Better. It's also
0: confusing because you know the CrossFit's in this whole thing where they're trying to be recognized as a sport. And the fact that they're changing it up every couple of years, it's just like, it's like, wait, is is it really a sport?
1: Yeah. You're just making it up as you go.
0: All right, Ryan, we're staying with you for this next question. Okay. So no pressure for the gym. I always find this an easy one, but you know, what is one common myth that you often hear that you wish you could debunk about CrossFit or the gym in general? And then also the flip version of that is, you know, that question was one common myth that you often hear that you wish you could debunk about being a business owner or a gym owner or sure. a perspective on that.
1: So for the first one, there's two that I hear all the time. And, you know, now six, almost seven years into, well, no, more into the fitness world of it, but the business owner side of it is I need to be in shape to do CrossFit, which just drives me bonkers because as you know, the best time to start is now.
0: Yeah, or yesterday. Or yesterday. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, you know, the next best time is now. People think, oh, I can't do CrossFit because it's too hard because I'm not in shape. It's like, how do you think you get in shape? You just yeah. start. I wasn't in shape when I started CrossFit and I got my butt kicked my first workout, but I started, I showed up and I was like, I have no idea what an overhead squat is, but I know how to run sort of. And I learned from there. And the second one is, and and this applies to everybody. I'm not just going to say women, but like, I'm going to become a certain way. I'm going to get bulky. I'm going to build too much muscle if Mm -hmm. I do CrossFit, if I lift too heavy. And That's something I still to this day, I don't want to say fight with, but work on with a lot of my membership is like, listen, if you don't want to look like someone on the CrossFit Games, don't worry. You won't unless you completely change your entire lifestyle. Right. You know, like if you show up every day three times a week and do the workouts that we program, you're going to get fit. You're going to be healthy and you're going to feel good about yourself. People are are too afraid of what's going to happen without even knowing what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Correct. That's another one that I really struggle to kind of. To convince people, like what I'm saying is the right answer. Like, hey, it's not going to happen as long as you, you know, yeah, just kind of show up and do the do the work. You know? I
0: know, for me and Mikey, it's pretty easy. Where I just tell him I've been doing this for over ten years, and I don't look, look like me. that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I go on and off. I'm not super yeah. consistent. I could yeah. probably be better, but yeah.
1: And, and it's it doesn't, like, it
0: doesn't happen overnight yeah. and it's not just doing a couple workouts. There's, it's not a, like
1: if you do one set of deadlifts at the heaviest weight you've ever done yeah. as a male or female, you're going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> or, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Kara Saunders or, or mm-hmm. Sarah Sigmund's daughter from the women's side of things like the next day, right. This it, is not going to happen. I'm sorry. You know? And then for the biz, the business side of things, I think the thing that. I would say like it was a myth was that it was going to be I don't want to say that it was going to be easier hard but that it was just going to be kind of easy to learn. Mm-hmm. You know like you know it's just like somebody already has started it. For me it was different than you guys. You guys started it all on your own. You had to learn everything. Like I was able to learn a lot from the guys that had started hooked before them, but mm-hmm. it still didn't just naturally continue. Like I had to I had, to, I had yeah. to work really really hard and learn a lot and continue to kind of Develop as, as an owner and a coach before I felt comfortable like saying like, okay, we're doing okay now. Yeah. Now that I'm into this world more so than I was, you know, obviously three or four years ago, small business owners are probably some of the hardest working people on the face of the planet. They work sun up to sundown They, especially when you're in the service business, I'm, I'm there at five 30 a.m. doing a PT session and then six 45 night coaching right. a class and Alexa will attest to this as well. Like and I'm sure you can too, Dan, like, it's not all rainbows and sunshine when you own your own business because we're not just the CEO. We're also the janitor and we're also the guy doing the right. laundry and we're the guy that's writing the programming and the financial officer and you know the r- human relations person. And it's you you have a lot of roles that take up a lot of time and there's a lot of hard work involved and yeah. I think some people may not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a better answer for the second one for me, yeah.
0: Alexa. Starting off, let's do the easy one for you with fitness. What is one common myth that you often hear that you wish you could debunk? And then, is there anything from the business owner side of things that you you can do it?
2: Uh, Ryan stole mine.
1: Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Mine. You can repeat it. It's just, you can have the same answer as me.
2: <laughs> no, mine was too that you have to be in shape to get started. Um, but I do think I hear a lot of people say, you know, CrossFit is like culty or cultish or whatever. But I think it's the absolute best way to make friends. So anytime one of my friends moves to a new city or some something like that, I'm like, you have to join a CrossFit gym. It's the easiest way to make new friends. You do so many fun things together. And I've met, obviously, I met my husband through CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> some of my absolute best friends from CrossFit. It's just the people that you're closest with because that's when you're the most vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. People are cheering you on. They're there to support you. And if that's what a cult is like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but... I would say the opposite of cool. I would say it's really a support system
0: no, and I, I fully agree. Anytime I know it's tough because if someone doesn't want to go try out CrossFit gym, like I have a hard time getting them to do it. But when I was overseas for a bit, going to a CrossFit gym there was one of the best things I did to actually meet people and make friends. Totally. And granted, I'm biased, obviously, but I, I think it is a great way to meet people and make that connection. For sure. I think the whole cult thing also comes down to that it's just something that has an impact on a lot of people's lives. So I think that mm-hmm. as people get into the gym and they start working out more, they want to talk about it, mm-hmm. that they're excited about it. And then it always comes off, go oh, crosser, across, CrossFit. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I think you can see
1: from the outside looking in too. Like if you're just like, oh, you all do CrossFit. Like, that's kind of weird. You must be in a cult. I don't want to say it's a jealousy thing, but it's just like they're not involved. They don't know the cultural right. support aspect. So they're like looking in at it as like, that's really weird. To everyone that's in the gym, it's like, no, I'm just supporting my friends that I've met Suffering through these awful workouts together with me. You
0: know? It is, and, and one of the things I think is unique about it too is that I recently had Susie Jones on this podcast, and you know she runs Edgewood. Edgewood's membership, I think, they're two hundred fifty to three hundred fifty people. Wow! So group-wise, I feel like it's in the range of what I would expect for some gyms to be at. And obviously, I wish I was there right now, but yes. we're, we're nowhere near that. But I did realize one of the things I took away with the podcast from her is that it is a very different dynamic in terms of she has people that just show up to use her facility mm-hmm. and to have access to the pool and to the tennis courts. and then yeah. that's it and yep. then she kind of knows who they are. But there's not that connection that you get in the actual gym where people end up wanting to talk to each other and actually Hang understand out, each other's lives and everyone kind of knows each other on some sort of level even if it's just that oh you know i never see paula or i'm never in her classes but she goes to the evening classes mm-hmm. or it's a different level of connection which i think is really unique about a lot of crossfit gyms
1: i agree all
0: right so i'll give you guys the choice who wants this final question to okay. start off
1: she's gonna say me I'll
0: no. put the question out there. Yeah,
2: let's hear the question first.
0: And then I'm, I'm going to give Alexa the right of first refusal so she can Please. accept Thank it you. or right. defer it to you, Ryan. <laughs> Sounds good. So the final question that I like to ask people is that, you know, we talked about what first brought you to the gym and how you got involved in CrossFit. What is something that keeps you motivated to come back after all these years? Because I know you've both been at it for some time from the fitness perspective. And the flip version of that question is that as a business owner, what's something that keeps you motivated to come back day after day, seven days a week and try to be involved and always focused on the, uh, the gym and that aspect of your life.
2: So, yeah, I think what keeps me motivated to still continue CrossFit because this is the longest I've ever stuck with, you know, one type of fitness before um, is just the variety of it. I walk in every day and it's, I know it's going to be something different. I know I'm going to challenge myself every day. And the friends that support me there is really what helps me to stay. You know, I have that, Little group that I go to is 6 six forty five a m. and we'll text each other the night before, and I know that they're going to be annoyed with me if I <laughs> sleep in and I hit snooze and I don't show up to the gym. So I would say the support from my friends and
0: support and shaming is yeah. a big part. Oh, yeah. Of for, yeah, if you miss that class, That's they're shaming. So yeah.
2: true, and really, just I am at that point in my life where I know that moving my body is so important, and mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that I'm doing the best for myself, and it really is mental and physical you know i know that i'm keeping myself healthy and in shape but i also know that it improves my mood Mm -hmm. um for the rest of the day and knowing that i'm bettering myself each day yeah without just being on a treadmill or sitting on a bike all day the variety of it is what keeps me going back
0: i I would agree with that i I feel like there's some there's always something else you can work on yeah absolutely even as you get better at your power clean or your squat clean, then there's the snatch, then there's the gymnastic stuff, like walking on your hands, like Ryan mentioned. So I think yeah. there's always something else that you can focus on for a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. And to like the coaches that we have are so knowledgeable and so appreciative. If you have an injury or something, rather than just saying, oh, go sit on the bike, they have a modification for you or they have a little program for you to work on to improve your strength or Mm -hmm. to give you something different to work on that makes you still feel like a part of the class and still feel like you're getting work done. So even if I'm not feeling my best, I know that I can go in there and have something else to do rather than just say, I can't make it in. So that's
0: helpful too. And as a business owner, Alexa,
2: Um, as a business owner, really like, I mean, this is going to sound silly, but helping Ryan is my biggest motivation. I know how hard he works and how much he loves his job and, it's really like amazing to see somebody who's just excited to go to work every day because I know for me sometimes it's a struggle to <laughs> head into work as a teacher but um
1: You're so sweet.
2: I want him to succeed. I want us both to succeed and I think this is his what he's meant to do. He's a phenomenal coach and amazing person and I just want to help him out as much as I can and that's for sure what keeps me motivated because even though I'll come home from teaching five-year-olds all day and I just want to take a nap on the couch. I'm like, oh, I got to do the birthdays. I got to do the social media post. I have to set up the email. It's like exciting because I know I'm being helpful and I know I'm you know, yeah. supporting our business together. And then on top of that, I'm just also so thankful of, you know, everybody at the gym that supports us. And it's really just amazing to see the people who come in day in and day out and, you know, are so dedicated and helpful to lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just really amazing to see the difference that, you know, mostly Ryan makes because he's their coach versus me, but to hear like the positive feedback that they give us and, To hear that we're doing a great job and, you know, we're a big part of their lives is so special and so important. And something that comes to mind is over quarantine, we were really trying to stay involved with everybody. And we wanted to do some raffles to help Mm -hmm. support the small businesses in town. And just the way that, like, our members rallied around not only us but Newtown as a town um, and, you know, committed to spending their own money, even though everybody was struggling at that point, um, to support us and to support one another. It's just one of the most amazing parts of being a business owner, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's really special. Yeah. 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 Alexa, great answers. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> right. Ryan. So from the fitness perspective and business perspective, what keeps you motivated to come back day after day? You know, you've know, you obviously been doing the fitness thing much longer. Yeah. And the business owner thing is a little bit secondary, but it is your full-time career, and sure. it, it's a big part of your life right now. So what <laughs> keeps you motivated
1: after all these years? For the athlete part, it's um... – I think it's just I have a really deep competitive spirit to just try to be, I don't want to say be the best because like I know there's always more I could do. But it's like, like you had already mentioned, like Alexa mentioned, it's like CrossFit is great for someone that has that ADD type of mentality. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I just got good at my power clean. Now let's do the squat clean or the jerk or the snatch. And all of that kind of rolled into one to continue to try to push myself to be as competitive as I can be in my age group and in my divisions of of the CrossFit games. I think CrossFit's great because you can continue to challenge yourself whether you want to compete, you know, nationally or internationally or or locally or don't want to compete at all with anybody but yourself. Right. So, you know, you don't have to sign up for the CrossFit open, but you can still say, hey, we've done Jackie before. And two years ago I did Jackie and it was 10 minutes. And I want to beat that. Right, And that's that's your motivation. You're not competing nationally or internationally or, or, you know, even locally, but you're competing with yourself to continue to improve your fitness. And I think that's the reason why I fell in love with CrossFit so much because even if you don't want to be a competitive person, you can still say, hey, I got better against my old self. And that's where people, I think, take themselves out of their comfort zone and continue to improve. And that's what I really love about the, you know, quote, competitive side or or something that really motivates me to continue to push as hard as I can day in and day out. You guys know how tough training can be every day. And you you go through highs and lows, but at the end of the day, that's what motivates me to show up and say, hey, I'm going to run for 30 minutes because that's my weakness. Or I'm going to row for 20 minutes because that's my weakness. Or I'm going to learn how to snatch better because that's my weakness. What motivates me as a business owner is seeing my members smile. Every time they walk into the door and just, you know, taking the stresses of their daily life and putting them to the side so they can come in and have a good time for an hour. I used to want to see people like PR and lose and, and I want people to PR and lose weight, but I just like to see people come into my gym and enjoy their time there. Yeah. Whether it's their class or their after class or their before class, whether they had a great workout or a bad workout or it was hard or easy. I like to see people that feel good about themselves when they leave. And I think that's really rewarding for me because that means I'm doing a good job with my coaches and myself to give them the best experience possible so they have a good time. So they can forget about the stresses of daily life or daily work or whatever for the hour of the day that we have them. Right. Um, I used to care more about, you know, getting those people to lift heavy or uh, PR their road time or whatever. And it's more so just getting them to show up and have a good time. And enjoy that and I think that's what really makes me happy every day and to kind of be entertaining That's my most motivating thing is is so that they're having a good time and and, and happy when they leave
0: I fully agree. You I know. did a uh, we were finishing up with fundamentals this morning with this guy who's an accountant hmm and day five for us the last day is the snatch and we were yep. doing some snatch work And I had about 45 pounds. So it was the training bar with a couple 15s mm-hmm. on there And I was saying hey, you know, I know your numbers guy Let's put the two and a halfs on there to get to an even 50.
1: Yeah,
0: and what did he say? His response was something along the lines of like, it's not about the number, it's about the return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ROI. It doesn't as much matter about the 50 pounds in the bar as it does about oh, making fell. sure that the form and technique, and he was mm-hmm. fine with 50 pounds. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he was definitely within his limits. I didn't just push him. He was, he was totally capable of doing that. The two and,
1: and a half didn't, didn't make any difference. The lift still looks fine.
0: But it, I just thought it was a really interesting perspective that he it was looking at it more in terms of acknowledging that there's a cost to everything and yeah. that, it's not always about the the big wins or the big numbers as much as it is about what's going to be the long-term impact of this.
1: Yeah, and I think furthermore to that, like I used to get, I used to, I mean, I still do really care when people don't show up. But I, I get more excited when people do show up. The gym is one-tenth of someone's day. Probably yeah. not even that, probably one-twentieth, especially if they have kids and school and work and all these other things. So I get really excited when I see people walk through the door and they're just excited to be there. Or not not even excited because I can get them to be excited to be there. And when they leave, they had a great workout and they're tired and they're sweaty and they say, thanks coach, that was a great workout. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you the next day or we'll see you when I see you. And if I can put a smile on someone's face and they show up and they work really hard for an hour, whether or not they PR'd or they were the fastest or the slowest, that doesn't matter. They showed up and they worked hard and they had a good time and they're smiling. That's what really makes me feel awesome about the job that we're doing at Hooked, either as me as a coach or Alexa as the coach or the other staff that we have, you know, as a business, like people just love to be there. Yeah. Love to show up the three times or four times a week as they do and then say, Hey, yeah, we love it here because of, because of this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I love when Ryan says, you know, I'm going to make this the best hour of your day. Cause I think that's just like a really great way to put it and, you know, put all of your things aside like you said before if you had a bad day a bad morning this is going to be the best hour of your day let's make it count yeah and i think that means a lot to people
0: and it's time for people to sort of check out and put the rest of their day on the side and exactly. sort of focus on themselves for an hour
1: exactly that's my most motivating thing
0: i like it good answers from alexa and ryan <laughs> crossfit hooked guys
1: yeah
2: Dan, thanks so much for inviting us to do this. This is like a little a out time. of our comfort zone. So it's really fun and really cool. Look,
0: I, I say in the gym, we want to make people look good on the podcast. I want to make people sound good. So yeah. it, you know, you guys were awesome. This is a lot fun. I don't of fun. look good
1: or sound good, Dan. So good <laughs> luck. <laughs> that's,
0: that's a lie, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, this is great though. I, I've done like one or two podcasts with a couple of other friends and stuff like that. And it, it's always... Interesting to get into your own brain and kind of talk about the things you maybe talk. You have your own self right. monologue with or something like that, but you don't talk to somebody else about it. Especially because you and I are, and obviously Alexa too are in a very similar role day to day. You know, owning a gym, being a fitness enthusiast, but also trying to just keep your membership and your business happy and positive. Yeah, and no, all those there's things. a
0: lot of hats you wear throughout the day, and it's yeah. a big balancing act. Yep. And especially this past year in general is just there's a lot of stuff going on, and just trying to do what we could to. Yeah to survive to survive and then and, thrive uh,
1: and stay relevant yeah we did a good job i like it Thank so you. uh
0: your website is crossfithook.com com, yep, yep. i believe your instagram is hooked hustle hooked,
1: at hooked hustle yeah at hooked and hustle. then our, our facebook page is still crossfit hooked if anybody wants to look us up or check us out yeah we're always there i will
0: and, share all that stuff in our show notes for people today yeah. and you know if anyone is in the new town or the sandy hook area i hope they looked you guys up i know you're now residents of Sandy Hook, so are, local yeah. business owners yes, yes. and residents yes. in the town.
1: Exactly. And uh, this was Very awesome, exciting. guys. I yeah, really thank appreciate you so coming much. out here today.
0: Thank really you, loved Dan. It. Yeah, really <laughs> loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Strongtown Talks. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. We are always grateful for any feedback we get.